Welcome to the Patient Flow Podcast, powered by Teletracking. On today's episode, we meet Heather Boyle, Director of Patient Logistics at Penn State Health Milton S. Hershey Medical Center. Heather discusses the importance of aligning the operational and clinical aspects of healthcare and the logistics of implementing a command center, as well as how data and reporting help to drive decision making. Let's listen in. My background is in occupational therapy. I have a bachelor's degree in therapy and pursued that for quite some time and eventually pursued a master's in business administration and gradually moved into leadership roles within rehab and home health and other areas and then ended up at Penn State Hershey in a clinical supervisory role and now as the director of patient logistics. I feel very strongly having had both the clinical and the operational background that it's very important for our clinical and operational teams to work closely together. They bring different aspects of care to the table and it's very helpful when the mission of both teams aligns so that you're providing the best clinical care for the patient, but you're making sure that you're also meeting the operational objectives of the hospital. Could you share how you came to the conclusion that in order to maintain a leadership role in the community, it was essential for you to grow your referral network? When I was asked to become the director of patient logistics and to develop a transfer center and organize a team around this work, it was primarily because the referring hospitals in this region were concerned with our ability to accept patients timely and to be able to accept patients when they needed to transfer them to us. The process before we opened our team was fairly decentralized and therefore it was difficult to navigate when we could take more patients, when we couldn't take more patients, and so there was a lot of frustration. And in order to maintain, like you said, a leadership role in the community, it becomes very important to have a very positive working relationship with all of the community hospitals as well as the larger network, even further extended than just here in our immediate community, but further and broader because all of the hospitals are facing capacity challenges at one time or another. So it's important that you can help out even when you may not be the primary tertiary care center for a specific community hospital. Could you talk about the inception of your particular patient logistics center? And could you also talk about the fact that with the team that you've assembled, you have both a data analyst and a system administrator on staff. So could you talk about the type of data that that they're gathering and that you're using then to make decisions? Sure. What I learned very quickly when I accepted the position as the director was that there was limited data available to me about the types of transfers and where they were coming from and the processes around getting those patients to our hospital quickly. And because of that, when we developed our team, we developed the transfer center team, which has the clinical RNs and bed management associates, but we also made sure that we had that data analyst and system analyst within our own team. That has been inordinately helpful. The system analyst that we have is just incredibly talented and understands the teletracking system very, very well. She's also been an operational leader in the back in the past, so she's able to really align 
what teletracking system software can, accom can accomplish to assist the operational processes here. And then our data analyst is able to extract all kinds of data out of not just the teletracking system, but also our ADT system and our EMR in order to combine all of that data into a meaningful presentation for leadership here at the hospital, but also for other hospitals that we work with in various joint venture or other projects. Heather, you had just mentioned uh, reports to leadership, and we know a, a key driver of success is, is having your executive team engaged in the process, especially the chief medical officer. What types of things did you do to engage your chief medical officer as this change went into place? It was very important for us to have the chief medical officer, the chief nursing officer, and at, that, at the beginning, um, it was considered the chief administrative officer and aligned for our team. So we held biweekly meetings with those three leadership members in order to discuss the impact of patient flow on the things that were important to them. So for the chief medical officer, making sure that the ED boarding time was discussed and that we were moving patients out of boarding space timely was important because of quality and safety factors. We just made sure that we were always presenting data that was meaningful for each of the people who were involved. And for that particular role that you asked about the CMO, quality and safety are really key drivers of success. We know that a patient flow strategy is a journey and that there's milestones along the way. I know at Hershey, you're now beginning the next step of your patient flow journey by building a command center. What does that mean to the health system? When we say building a command center here, it is truly an iterative process. <laughs> to build it the, in an ideal fashion, we would need a great deal of space and resources that we don't yet have. So in the beginning stages, what we are doing is designing that ideal state. What that means for us is bringing together our patient logistics transfer center, our Lifeline air and ground EMS control center, which is their dispatchers, and our emergency planning team so that we're all co-localized. And then we would have touch points with other areas that are important, such as the environmental health supervisor or transport supervisor and team members like that. So what we're doing while we develop those plans and we look at how we want to build that for the future, we're in the meantime developing the steps to work together even more closely than we have in the past through the technology we have and ensure that we are communicating, for example, when our Lifeline team has a high number of transports for discharge, but then they also end up with um, mass casualty to deal with clearly that would impact the patient flow of the hospital. So really having that daily communication to manage not only the internal flow, but what's happening externally and how can we make good decisions so that it impacts the hospital in the most positive way. And then engaging when it is something as big as a mass casualty or anything like that, engaging the appropriate leadership from other areas. You had touched on earlier about data and reporting. How are you using that to drive decision-making at the health system? Uh, for example, I know you recently made the decision to expand your children's hospital. Did the data help back up that decision, or did it change any way uh, you decided to approach it? It truly does, because when we look at all of the data available to us, we have all of the data about the number of surgery cases and the time that patients spend in the 
um, PACU and we have all of the ED incoming flow and percentage of patients admitted and how long do they spend in the ED waiting for beds. We have data about children that end up in our adult hospital beds because we have separate two separate hospitals here. When you combine all of those pieces of data and you look at the volume of patients and then you consider growth and your marketplace, putting all of those pieces together kind of lets you estimate what you need for today and the future. And we know that in an ideal space, we would want to operate probably between 75 and 85% capacity, and we don't. We operate at 100% capacity, as many people do. So factoring in all of the metrics that we collect and saying, how could how could adding beds get us to that 75 to 85%? How many beds is that? What does that do to boarding time? What does that do to patient flow? And beyond that, of course, what do you need from a staffing perspective? All of that works together to make a decision on how much can you expand, how quickly can you expand, and where are the best areas to expand? Heather, could you talk about how the patient experience has improved and consequently the positive way that Hershey is being viewed within the community? There are two pieces to that. From a patient experience perspective, obviously, as a patient, you want to be placed in the location that you need to be in at any given time. So if you are in a surgery, you want to be in the OR, and when you come out and you need to have an extended recovery, you want to be in the best place for that extended recovery. So improving patient flow within the hospital allows for that to occur rather than having patients uncomfortable in an area where they don't believe they should be. So the patients are much happier because we've just made that flow work more seamlessly. The community, of course, is going to enjoy that in a different way because once we're making sure that flow occurs, we can accept more of their patients. By no means am I saying we're perfect at this. We've grown from before the inception of patient logistics, we were at about 11.4 transfers per day, and we're now upwards of 16 to 17 per day. So we We've accepted more patients. We have more volume flowing through the number of beds we have, but we now are at the point where we're getting so much so much more in terms of referrals that we can't accept everyone again. That's why we have to grow, but the community has really realized that we've made that effort. We've been very engaged in talking with them when things go well or do not go well, making sure that we address their concerns, and so that therefore they are very positive about what we're doing. Thank you for listening to the Patient Flow Podcast. We take pride in bringing you insightful conversations with the leading experts in patient flow, as well as tips on industry best practices. 